Hi, everyone, and welcome to AB Conversations, where we will help you CFP your way out of it, a podcast where you get into the minds of a couple certified financial planners on how we think and feel about everyday financial planning questions and what should really matter most to you. A healthier financial life starts now. Hey, Ben. Hey. Hey, Adam. What you up to? I'm glad, I'm glad you're there. I was going to throw a knock-knock there. Knock-knock, wake up. Oh, I thought you were going to finish that knock-knock joke. Nope, no joke. Okay, just knock-knock. Let's do this. Open the door (laughs) and enter in to podcast conversation this week. Worst Uh, knock-knock joke ever. Yep, knock-knock. I'm here. Guess what? Uh, (laughs) Somebody home. So topic this week. Uh, We... We often like to build a podcast around questions that we sometimes get and then how we would mm-hmm. respond to it situationally. So yeah. um, we do a lot of retirement planning and I'll say there are times where clients will come to us or even prospects on the front end and say, I'm, I'm thinking about making this big purchase or this big withdrawal yeah. in sa- in, from my savings in retirement. And I, I think that kind of lends itself into two different forms of a question. One, yeah hey, do you think I can afford this opportunity? Um, mm-hmm. Or two, I really want to do this. And what's the maybe the most efficient way to go about it? Because certainly yeah. as we get into that retirement phase of life, like making big changes that weren't planned for or big purchases when you don't have paychecks coming in, I think there's a little elevated stress to that, a little more oh, yeah. anxiety around, is this a good idea or not? So yeah, definitely. Yeah, what do you think? How would we start to talk about uh, big purchases in retirement? Yeah, so I think you you kind of hit on it, right? There's those two components. Number one, give me some feedback. Do you do you think this is something I can afford? And usually that means it's it's somewhat of a flexible decision. It's not, hey, this is what I'm doing now. Just help me do this in the most efficient way possible. Um, and and then I kind of split that into two different takes on that too. Is this something that can be planned for? Is is there some sort of timeline or is is it something that that may not be imminent versus i have to put a roof on the house and it's happening so help help me take care of that right the difference between something that it feels more spontaneous and now we just need to find the the path of least resistance to get it done in an efficient manner versus here's something i'm thinking about that is bigger picture help me plan for that thoughtfully moving forward yeah so then let's just start with that that um maybe the second side of that, that's not as spontaneous, where we're going to yeah. be giving some feedback on affordability of this decision, or maybe what would make it affordable versus not. So my, my thought is to just go into like our concept on making big withdrawals from savings that really mm-hmm. was going to be relied on to produce some income. You know, maybe I'll toss it to you. Like we call that the geese laying eggs versus having a good meal on a goose. Yeah. Right. And that's that's where I would start the conversation. Okay. Yeah. So I'll just I'll throw out that analogy or I is that an analogy? I don't know. I'm not good with words today. But it is, yes. That that <laughs> great day to be podcasting then. <laughs> hey, uh, we got nowhere to go but up. <laughs> it is, yes. We've we've talked about it in other in other forms, but it it, it truly is. We we view when people get to that point and I'll, I'll say retirement because that's typically where we kind of see this decision really feeling stressful when there isn't earned income to help 
you know, absorb maybe some of that additional expense. It truly is, here is my pot of savings. This is what I have. I'm not earning anymore to be able to add to this. So I need to make this last as long as possible. And we would say that pot of savings is your flock of golden geese, gaggle, sorry, yeah. gaggle of golden geese that are going to lay your future golden eggs in the form of some income um, to live off of. And we would, we would hate to have somebody feel like they are killing those geese in the short yeah. term. And then oh, we know that you are always now foregoing the eggs that they could have laid well into the future. So situationally, that may be, I mean, we get the question a lot and I know we talked about it in a much earlier podcast, like, yeah. should I just pay off my mortgage? Should I make this mm -hmm. big withdrawal to now not have this expense? It's a version yeah. of the same question, right? Yes. Am I going to be killing too many geese? I want to go, uh, you know, we want to get an RV. We want to put an addition yeah. on a home, yep. uh, buy another property. I think those are the types of things we're talking about as a, a big purchase that maybe wasn't a part of the original plan. And yeah. then uh, the affordability question does come down to that withdrawal uh, and what it's going to mean for the long-term part of the plan. Yeah. Yeah. So, so in that sense, it really, to, to us then, the, I guess the first path is what, what are those other dominoes that would fall based on that decision, right? If, if this is a withdrawal that we're, we're, that is going to be made, um, then it really comes down to, well, what, what is the situation? Are there different? So I'll, I'll take a step back depending where those funds are going to come from really does uh, factor into, right? It's, it's taxes. What's, what are the tax implications going to be of, of that given withdrawal and the difference between pulling money from a retirement account, pulling money from savings, pulling money from a, a non-retirement investment account. The, the outcomes are, are very different um, yeah. and, can and can have much, uh, I, I already said dominoes, but the, the trickle down effect of pulling money from any one of those different areas it can be wildly different depending on the type of an account that you're pulling from. All right. So my thought there goes back to if this is all in the camp of both, uh, is it affordable and what's the most efficient way to do it? I'll go back to some of the scenarios. And as I think about like an addition on a home or buying a second mm -hmm. property, I think one of the things we would want to talk with people right off the bat is if, if killing geese doesn't feel great, or there may be dominoes that we don't want to deal with is a loan an okay idea for somebody yeah. in retirement. Cause I, I think psychologically we're kind of trained to like, I shouldn't have yeah. that in retirement, but I mean, let's talk about the environment today. I, please. Yeah. Well, yeah. So that, so yes, I'm, I'm sorry. I, I missed, missed that part of it, but yeah, that is, that is kind of, I guess, that first decision of, yeah, am I taking from savings or, or is a loan a, an appealing prospect? And we would view that through the lens of at least the interest rate environment right now, while not great for your savings at the bank, it is a, a decent environment for those that are borrowing, right? In sure. Interest rates on mortgages, home equity lines, car loans, whatever that may be, are pretty much at historic lows. Um, in that sense. So we would kind of look at that through the lens of if, if my savings can earn a higher rate of return than the interest rate that I'm paying, then maybe it makes sense to allow my golden geese to continue to lay those golden eggs if 
that interest mm-hmm. rate on on the loan is low enough to to be palatable. Yeah, and I guess I also just think in terms of like net worth and future value of things. Yeah. So if if you're gonna borrow something to make a purchase that is, uh, I said RV or yeah yeah, can travel right now in COVID world. I guess that an addition oh, yeah. on the home, buying another property, you you are tying that to something that is collateral, right? From a yeah from a net from a net worth standpoint, you now have something or will own something that has a value and that liability is pretty much an even trade-off. What are you losing in that? It's the interest that you're paying over time because you borrowed the yeah. money. So right. I, I, do, I do think it's somewhat situational. Can I afford it? If that's falling underneath the income, you know, can mm-hmm. I afford to make payments on this to eventually own it? That right. is very different to me than does it make sense to liquidate these investments or liquidate the savings in order to, at that point, not have the payment? Right. Yeah. And I think so oftentimes the, the financial side of that, uh, of, of this discussion and, and kind of that, that decision-making process sometimes does take a, somewhat of a backseat to just the psychological component. We certainly have, have talked to people or have clients that yeah. debt is the enemy. Um, and even just even just like fra- framing the way that we kind of have of if if your if your savings or your investments are earning you know X percent and that's higher than the interest rate like that's an that's an okay way to kind of go about it. But even even just knowing that there are still there are still people that again debt is is just never a good thing. Being able to sleep at night knowing right that. They have the savings. Yeah. They can just take this and and do what they want to do. Is there's definitely a psychological psychological component to that, um, and we certainly talked about that when it came down to the should I pay off my mortgage conversation, as you alluded to. That was like one of our first five podcasts. Um, the, the I guess the the backstop to taking a loan, even if you didn't necess- if that didn't necessarily feel comfortable, is knowing that at any point. If you did feel strongly that, you know what, I yeah. had this payment now for six months, a year, whatever that is, I, I thought I could try it. I don't like it. Knowing that you do then have the savings that you could just take from and pay it off, we would hope gives people at least the, the ability to give themselves that chance to allow their, their investments to, to continue to do their thing. And you're not cannibalizing those to, to meet maybe a short, shorter term goal. Yeah, I like that because that does move it, the conversation a little bit into like the efficiency realm. And I think yeah. one of the things that does get lost in taking big chunks of withdrawals are those taxes. Um, yeah. And even even the dominoes to those taxes, right? The more <laughs> income you take out of an IRA, maybe the more you're paying on Social Security taxes, maybe the higher yeah, Medicare right. premiums you're paying, right? There certainly are dominoes to this. We're mm-hmm. going back to one of your first comments. If it is able to be planned for and there is some time to pay something off if you were to going to take a loan then yes i think there is absolutely a conversation to be had on spreading those taxes out over multiple years and i know we've made this comment before you can hit three different tax years in 367 (laughs) days right december 31st anytime the next year in january 1st the following so yeah there there is an opportunity to make sure that the tax liability doesn't push you into higher tax brackets really for no good reason yeah so then let me just be clear on on what you just said that 
that tax liability mainly comes from withdrawals from retirement accounts, right? Yeah. IRAs, 401ks, things like that, where, yeah, for every dollar that you take out, that's taxable income to you. If it's coming from savings at the bank, that's treated much differently. Um, if it's coming from just non-retirement investment dollars, that has its own taxable component potentially, depending on you know what you started with, what it's grown to, what you're selling, all of those little details. But I just wanted to be clear that, yeah, when we're talking taking money out of investments and then paying taxes, that is mainly a retirement account specific problem. Yeah, which is where we see most, most yes. wealth generated. So I think yes. that's why we want to be super sensitive to it. Yeah. Yeah. So to your point, being able to, even in the, in the instance where it's something you can plan for, or even if it is something that's more spontaneous, if there is a loan component tied to that, just being able to spread those taxes out to your point, essentially you could hit three tax years in 367 days. We would hope that the trade-off of what you would pay in interest would still be far less than yeah. taking a, a big lump sum in any one given tax year. And then the taxes that you would pay in that one tax year, we're assuming it all depends on the situation, but those taxes are probably much higher than the interest that you would pay. Just again, thinking of pure percentages. Home, yeah, not even close, yeah, probably. Um, um, yeah, a mortgage right now, you can get 3% or less. You're probably not paying a 3% tax rate, I'm guessing, for most of the people listening to this. Yeah, 12, 22, <laughs> 24, 30s, yeah. right? Yeah. So that is absolutely a key component to the efficiency of going about this. And I, I think about client situations that it's not just even these huge purchases, right? Mm -hmm. um, a, a pretty recent situation where somebody's going to move into an addition that uh, oh, a yeah. child is putting on the home for them. Um, Want to be able to give them some money to do it. Maybe we do that through annual gifting laws, you know, $15,000 chunks. You can spread that out over a couple of years and yeah. work that out with somebody so that it doesn't become a tax nightmare to do 50 grand all in one year or something like that. So right. it, it, it definitely is situational, but I think when we move beyond the, can I afford this opportunity or, or to make this big purchase? It really is our job to try to find the most efficient way to do that. Taxes is one of those things. Mm -hmm. Are there other other considerations to efficiently doing that? Sure. I'll go. <laughs> I think, I think then if, if it is tapping into savings, one of the things that we're often asked or we're just supposed to figure out for them is, okay, if I have to liquidate some savings, what am I liquidating? Yeah. Oh, sure. Yeah. Yeah. And that, uh, so, so yeah, that, that was a recent conversation that we had with somebody of, we need to liquidate this chunk of money. I need it. Um, and for us as the investment management management on that account, it's what, are, yeah, what are we selling to generate this cash? Are we selling from our stocks because they've done well? Are we selling from the bonds because we don't really feel great about the outlook for bonds to really generate any high level rate of return moving forward? Um, and that ultimately, it is situation, situational. It comes down to just general risk tolerance for that, for that person. Um, but there certainly can be that, that smaller decision on timing. Um, yeah, you know, depending what the market environment looks like, depending how you know the economic data looks, selling from 
one, the other combination of the two, um, yeah, you, you, can, you can make the case kind of either direction. Yeah, and I think what I would want people to take away from that is sometimes a lot of this is really just the mental accounting side of things, right? When we say loan versus liquidating things, which account should it come from? Should it come from stocks and bonds? When I say it's situational, if we've had a really good run in the market here, mm -hmm. you know, maybe this is the time where people could say, hey, I'm going to take some of my gains and mental right. accounting, I'm going to put that over here. So if there was something that we were looking to do in the future, or there was a new goal that we had, we have earmarked that in a way that you don't need to have that not planned for and try to make some sort of, sort of spontaneous withdrawal later in life where you can't control the variables. Yeah. Part of planning, planning ahead is doing that. I mean, we, from an investment standpoint, we call that rebalancing, but it, it is part of the conversation here, I think. Yeah. And that, so that for, for me, that kind of goes back to the before, usually bef before we would go through that investment process with somebody, we would go through that three bucket theory to make sure that they have an ample amount of cash on the front end, those yep. income producing assets that are usually much safer in the middle. And then you have your, your stocks on the, on the end kind of doing being your growth engine for, for long-term um, inflation protection. So yeah, we would hate to have that scenario where you said, right, stocks have done well. We don't really feel terrible selling them now if, if it's to, to fill a need or at least to take some gains off the table. It would feel much differently if someone needed a chunk of money for an expense in March of 2020 while the yeah. stock market is down 30% at any given point. And now you, you, you kind of, you back yourself into a corner when it comes to just those decisions and not having those those options and the flexibility that comes along with it. So I guess my biggest takeaway here is this really is um, a financial planning question where if you have the ability to plan ahead on these things, there are ways that we, you and I as planners with Holly, with Devin can go about giving advice that's going to feel a little bit more efficient in the way that you go yeah. about that, right? The right. three bucket theory is based on that. If it is some sort of spontaneous expense, hopefully we've built certain buffers into your plan. Um, right. But if we haven't, there still are some things that we would really want to talk about. Does it come straight from savings, depending on what tax bucket it's in? Do we right. take some sort of loan? Um, are there other liquidity issues all the way down to what are we buying and selling to make that happen? Yeah. And oftentimes it's, it's all of those things combined right? It's, it's a little from column A, a little from column B, so that, yeah, it doesn't feel like you are overweighting or, or leaning too far one direction or, or another. You are, again, taking a little bit from everything um, to hopefully find that efficient path down the middle. Yeah. And I guess what, what we're trying to tell people is, yes, you've got, hopefully everyone's got that nest egg to rely on. Right. Um, you know, I've got X amount of dollars. Oh, I only need to take this is a withdrawal. It feels like a big purchase, but I only need to take this. So I'll just do it. No, there, there really can be deeper conversations, multiple questions to try to funnel down to how, how to best do it. Yes. And that's the point today. Yes. Well said. All right. So I'll, I'll, uh, I'll finish with it. Knock, knock, Adam. <laughs> Who's there? Boo. Happy Halloween. Boo, boo. Oh, stop your crying. All right. Have a great week. Uh, thanks once again for all your help with this podcast oh. on big purchases in retirement. Hey, thanks. Take care.
Hey everyone, Adam and I really appreciate you tuning in. Please note that the opinions we voiced in the show are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific recommendations for any individual. To determine which strategies or investments may be most appropriate for you, consult with your attorney, your accountant, and financial advisor or tax advisor prior to making any decisions or investing. Thanks for listening.